Hello, you're listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Andrew Gamba and uh, we've got a scenes, scenes packed week of Scottish football to look over. Uh, who have I got with me? I've got Tom McKinnon. Tom, how are you doing? How many jars deep are you? Too many, but excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, Ryan Crombie. Ryan, you're teetotal, right? You're, you're fine. Yes, I'm sober unlike and more sensible unlike some of the other members and participants of this podcast. And... Shock! <gasps> We've got Hamish Carton with us. Hamish, how are you? I'm good. Very good to be back. A bit like Derek Boyata, I finally declared myself fit to be part of the Busball Podcast. <laughs> so it's good to be back. <laughs> Welcome back with open arms. Thank you. No, I've actually. We need. We need. We need a ringer. Yeah. <laughs> I actually revealed a banner before this started, saying we don't want Hamish um, on this <laughs> podcast. Not fit to wear the Busball shirt. <clears throat> <laughs> right, boys. Do you wanna? Do we wanna get started? Yes. Do you want to talk about Let's more go for than it. Rangers three Rangers Absolutely. Scenes over scenes overload. Um I mean what was the thing? It was like you can't write scripts like this. I mean if you were gonna write a script for this game, this is what you would have had. You would have had Kyle Lafferty <laughs> scoring goals, uh players managed by Steven Gerrard slipping all over the place. <laughs> uh <laughs> you would have had Hartley scoring I mean, probably a winner, but an equalizer's pretty good. Um who who wants to start on this one? Hamish, we'll let you let you take the floor with this one. What did what did you think of the game? Yeah, I, mean, I think away from the the obvious, uh, which was the the great script as you've just alluded to there, Gamba. I think I think it was everything that's great about Scottish football in a nutshell. I think it's everything that's great about a league and the fact that the game wasn't the best quality in terms of raw football and ability, was it? But I think I think the fact that the way the game went and the intensity it was played at. Um, it just like it didn't calm down at any stage. You get these matches that start. They always say Celtic Rangers matches start a hundred mile an hour, and then they eventually kind of taper down a bit and they calm down. But this match, like it just didn't show any signs of that at any point. It was just frantic from literally from the first minute to the ninetieth minute, and um, I thought it was just a, a really really good game. Uh, I think Motherwell deserved a point from it. I think I heard a lot of people saying they didn't. Uh, James McFadden and Lee McCulloch, who are both in BBC, saying that Rangers deserved to win the game. I don't really know what match they were watching because I thought Motherwell deserved a point. Uh, I thought Rangers deserved a point as well. So I think you could argue that it was a great game. We saw six goals. Uh, and I think the fact that, as I say, that the teams um, both got a point, what they deserved out of it was, was fair enough. Uh, Ryan, what did you what did you make of it? Would you agree with Hamish's assessment? Uh, well, I mean, obviously I'm up to date now, but at the time watching it live, I was in work during the first half and only managed <gasps> to catch the second yeah. half. So I had to wait a whole 49 minutes to see a, a single goal after everyone enjoyed a, a goal fest in the first half. Um, but but uh, absolutely, I think it was just right from the off, it was a bit just mental, people slipping all over the place. And then mm. I think... I think it's almost been lost the fact that it's a, it's a great finish from uh, Danny Johnson it just lifts it over the keeper um, and I think Motherwell, Motherwell despite getting the the point in the end will be quite annoyed that they, they managed to chuck away a, a lead twice even before a half time came around um, but yeah as Hamish said it was just sort of a beautiful perfect game of Scottish football that sort of madness ensued I think the only thing that was missing was a red card that should um, arguably Alan McGregor should have seen um, I mean Tom I'll come to you is there any more you want to add or do you think it's all been added or do you want to talk about individuals now uh, I'm a fully subscribed member of the 
Barasic fan club now his crossing was unbelievable must admit it was a joy to watch this is a fan club of one it was staggering (laughs) yeah (laughs) very anyway I just want to talk about Kevin Lafferty because like, there's always this thing about like you know players bedding in and getting time. Nah, your man is just goals already. Um, first one, a bit lucky, but second one, I mean, fair play, just leaving the big six foot four guy just kind yeah. of on his own in the middle of the box. But that's what he's going to do. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think about Lafferty? What do we do? We think he'll be a, a major fixture, or do you think he's knocking Morelos off? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could see the the two of them playing quite often, like they did today. Then obviously the, the second goal was the big one. Uh, it was a great finish for him, and he actually had one in the second half as well, where he peeled off. I think it was Aldred, uh, whoever was playing in the left. I can't remember whether it was uh, Aldred or, or our man Hartley, um, but he, he peeled off him again in the second half. And if the ball had been better, it hadn't got deflected out for a corner. I think he could have got a hat trick. So he certainly, as you say, there's no bedding in period for him. He looks absolutely fresh, fit. He looks. He looks quicker than he did his first spell at Rangers, I think. I think he looks mm. almost more lethal. He could actually be a better player with the, the way he's matured as a footballer. And um, mm. I was a bit sceptical of the signing at first. I thought it was just a bit, you know, just looking at what was in front of them rather than really scouting and going out and getting a better player. But in, in hindsight, after one match, uh, I think he does look like a bit of a shrewd bit of business for Rangers. And I think, I think you could well see him being the league's, league's top scorer this season, the way he's going. Ryan, yeah. that sounds like a noise. You disagree with that? No, not not entirely. I was just going to suggest that if I think Kyle Lafferty just thrives on chances, and I think his goal scoring ratio um, at Hearts kind of proves that, and he's going to get more opportunities to score at Rangers, um, which will undoubtedly lead to more goals. It's just what Kyle Lafferty does. If he gets a chance, more than likely he'll take it, um, especially against Celtic, which. Um, as will be the big game for him next weekend. Mm. Um, before we talk about um, like uh, other Motherwell players, uh, Johnson. Johnson looked really good. Um, I mean, obviously the goal at the start, but um, he, he seemed to be Motherwell's kind of you know, main kind of goal threat for a lot of the game. Um, and I was surprised when he got took up, he got taken off. Sorry, when it was it was like there was like a quarter of an hour still to go in the game, but. Um, I know Motherwell haven't exactly had the greatest start to the season, but I mean you're probably going to be looking at a guy like that to hopefully get you out of problem because I know big shoes to fill with with Moult going last year, but maybe not the same quality, but hopefully something similar in Johnson. Tom, I'll go to you. Yeah, I'm going to stop sort of stop short of saying he looks like sort of complete striker, but he did sort of look like he's got it all in smaller amounts than you'd expect. Mm-hmm a world class striker but he does seem like there's there's not real short point in his game he, he was pretty quick he obviously was a brilliant finisher that was a really nice goal I thought uh, the opener um, it'll be interesting if you can keep it over the season you don't seem to see Motherwell strikers under Robinson do it for a whole year I'm not saying you need to score a goal every game but the trend of strikers recently at Motherwell is half a season good, half a season not as good, or half a season good, and then get your move away. But he did look like he's maybe got it all. Obviously, I don't expect him to go and score 40 goals between now and May, but 
does look like a player that could really cause problems. If he's causing that Rangers defence that has been so good so far, that amount of problems, and a team that hasn't started well, you'd maybe think by the time Motherwell get running and they're playing against defences that aren't as good, which you'd imagine at least 10 of them, and given what we've seen the Celtic uh, this season, potentially 11 of the defences this season, um, he could cause serious, serious problems in this league. Um, okay, I'll just throw this one open for whoever wants this. Uh, who wants to talk about Peter Hartley? Uh, I'll, I'll take that one. I, I didn't think he was particularly good in the match. Uh, I think if if he hadn't have scored the goal, I think you'd, you'd obviously be talking about a, a Rangers win and you'd probably be talking about a, a performance that he got booked, he missed a good header 10 minutes from the end, a good chance. You'd probably be talking mm-hmm. about a pretty disappointing performance. So it just goes to show again like the importance of goals in football. I know it's stating the obvious, but how, how much goals change games, especially in the, the 94th minute. Uh, but I, I thought, I mean, it's a it's a kind of fitting, fitting story in many ways. He's been the, the centre of attention. It's quite funny. We'll obviously come on to Celtic later on, but Boyata and Hartley, probably the, the two big names that have been talked about the last week in Scottish football, and they both scored big goals for their teams today. But I thought, I, th- I mean, the comments, if you want to talk about them, were... Well, of, of course, if we're, I, think, I think we all had a bit of a laugh at them at the time, didn't they? Because they were so crazy. And, and you think in this, maybe 20 years ago, these would have been comments that would have been made quite often before matches. But I think nowadays with the, the, the uh, what do you call it, press training that, that players have and, and the things he said, they're all stock answers you get from players. I mean, the, can you imagine being a journalist at that that press conference on, on Thursday or whatever it was? You must have been absolutely amazed when he came out and said that. I don't even know the, the question that he was asked and he came out and, and had a go at uh, the boy Cardozo last year in Rangers. But you must just have been licking your lips and going, wow, what is this guy talking about? So I think it's fair to say, judging from what I've heard since then, that Robinson went absolutely through him. Uh, I thought it was interesting <laughs> to hear Bigiri Mana in his post-match conference today when he was asked about Hartley straight away. He said that he and the Motherwell don't condone the, the comments made by Hartley. They don't want to see players hurt and all that stuff. So I just think it's a really bizarre thing. It's almost a thing you'd only really get in Scottish football, a player coming out so openly and saying that. And I think at the end of the day, um, in many ways he had the last laugh didn't he he scored, scored the winning goal but I think that Stephen Robinson would much prefer that he did his talking on the pitch in, in future but as I say he did do that today and uh, it's I mean, it's, a, it's a poor goal for Rangers to concede and I, I think one of you I'm sure will talk about it but I think their, their defence that's been so heavily praised so far since Gerard came in I thought it was a shambles today I thought Conor Goldson was who for me has been the standout player in Scotland so far this season was just a shadow of himself I don't know what was going on with him today yeah, it was it was really um I mean in in the league and I mean especially in you know Europe as well, they've been very, very good defensively. I mean, do you think this was a case of they they'd come up against a test that they maybe haven't had? Or do you think they just kinda yeah. collapsed? <laughs> like what, what what do you think it was? I think if I was to jump in quickly I, I would just say that I think the majority of teams they've played so far have played in front of them. You think of Maribor and Aberdeen and Osiek, the big challenges they've had home and away has been games when in the main they've kind of sat in Rangers, they've kind of countered in most games. You think back to Pitodre and even their home games in Europe, as I say, they've kind of countered in the main. And I think Katic and Goldson today, if you want to just pick those two out as the centre-backs, for the first time they had a team that was willing to put the ball in behind them and they struggled for the, the off I mean, I don't know quite what was happening because Goldson, 
just looked so much slower. There was one in the first half and there was one in the second half as well when uh, I can't for the life of me remember who it was that ran past him, but he kind of tripped up himself and got the free kick. But it was just it was so unlike him. He just looked so out of place today. And I think that's got to be a worry for them going up against uh, Ufa on Thursday night and also Celtic on Sunday. Stephen Gerrard's really got to feel that if that's how they're getting exposed against a team like Motherwell, who, with all due respect, are a decent team, but at the end of the day, they have one point in the league so far. Yeah, I think the mm. difference with Motherwell is, is they play two up front, which a lot of teams don't tend to do, um, but especially against Rangers, and the, they just get the ball up, and as Hamish said, they're in behind the defence so quickly. Um, it's just almost like dealing with a bit of bombardment at times when you're playing against Motherwell. They just the intensity that they play at is unlike a lot of other teams who look to sort of break you down, um, which Rangers have dealt with quite well. But as you saw for the last almost half an hour of that game today, it was just a Motherwell onslaught. Um, and I think they did Rangers change formation at the back today. Was it three at the back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they've they've. It's the first time they've played a three at the back this season. It's certainly not worked. Uh, so I certainly wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see that um, again anywhere in the near future. I don't know. I think it it probably could have worked if there was a left foot sent half in there. Um, it could have worked if it worked. But it didn't yeah. Work, oh yeah. So of course, work. it's ifs and buts and sugars and nuts. But um, <laughs> I felt like when they were attacking, they team they seemed to attack a lot down Barrett's side, which made sense given he's how good a footballer he is and how good a left foot he's got I just feel they would have been quicker in getting into him if they had had a left footed defender in there I just felt like a lot of time they were making it a bit more because Katic started out there on his he had to keep coming in on his right foot and then they changed it so Flanagan was out there and he had to do the same but obviously a bit more of a natural ball player given he's a full back I feel like if they had a more natural left foot out there they maybe would have got more chances because obviously Barisic's left foot was Staggeringly good. I absolutely adored watching him on that left hand side. <laughs> what What are your guys' thoughts on Rangers? Then, because obviously I've not been in the podcast for a while. Do you think they're the real deal this season, or or do you think it's just kind of early promises that are going to fade away? I don't know. I don't. I, my take on them is, well, today's the first kind of challenge they've had where a team's gone right at them with no fear. I think my disappointment with Aberdeen was the fact that they didn't have a proper go but then again that's just a that's a side note because it's, it's a different problem that Aberdeen seemed to have but I think today showed that I don't know if it's a bit of false promise for Rangers fans where teams have almost played into their hands at the minute um, and today was our first real test and the defence didn't look the part at all uh, so I think you'll need to sort of save your judgement for a more games um, definitely for uh, next weekend at Celtic Park I think we might find out a lot they've, they've certainly their, their European results obvi- I mean obviously compared to last season are a lot better so I mean they're certainly a lot more competent in that department but I don't think the results that they've gotten in the league that sorry the results that they've gotten in the league so far are that much different to what they had a year ago yeah so um, I mean it's going to be ve- it's going Sorry, Hamish. Yeah, I mean, they've got Celtic away, obviously, next week, and if they don't win that, this which in all likelihood, you, you mean, they've always got a chance of winning at Celtic Park, but you're thinking probably uh-huh. at best a draw, that'll be one win from four in the league. So it's it's, kind of, it's been a bit of a... As much as it's been a great start, and obviously it has been, I think, saying anything other than that is... Still, I mean, Gerard's still undefeated as well. Yeah, of course, but they would have one win from four in all likelihood after... 
after their first four games um, and obviously they've got this thing as well where they just concede really late goals and I, I believe in a lot of things but I don't believe in coincidences to that effect and conceding what was it 93rd minute at Aberdeen 94 today I think Osiek uh, at home was similar Maribor missed a penalty in stoppage time second half so there's something going on there mentally where they can't quite get over the line in games I mean it's interesting I mean certainly from what I've seen and from what I've heard the, the team does seem more competent but it seems to be getting the same kind of results which is a bit weird Um <laughs> But, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I think we'll find out a lot about them on Thursday because this is going to be... I, I, I mean, I don't think going into... I mean, what is literally deepest, darkest Russia? I mean, they're nowhere, they're nowhere even near the border in Russia, are they, Ufa? It's... I mean, it's Metal Gear Solid 3 territory they're going into and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a real test of them on Thursday just to see how they get... knowing they have to, you know, not lose that game and then... Celtic Rangers, Celtic Rangers, like you, you, you find out who you know. You find out who <laughs> who can who can handle it basically. Who can take it and who can he take it um, in those games? So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. What's what's your thoughts, Hamish? <laughs> oh, uh, you've probably seen more of them than than anyone. Oh, I'm obsessed. You know me. <laughs> I think in all honesty, I don't know whether I should be saying this, but I think I've. I saw the full game today. Uh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw the full game against St Mirren a couple of weeks ago at home. Uh, I saw the full game on Thursday night against Ufa. I saw the full game against Aberdeen. I saw the full game away to Maribor. Uh, I didn't see the Maribor home. I saw both legs against uh, Scoopy. I saw the away leg. No, I saw bits of the away leg against Ossiek. So I've pretty much seen it all the Rangers this season I've seen more than Steven Gerrard the Rangers this season and my thoughts are that uh, they're really markedly improved for last season I think they may well be um, the real deal is, is a weird kind of phrase to use oh. but I do th- I do think they are a, a really decent team I think the players have signed today was a bit of a an eye opener probably for no one else other than Steven Gerrard in terms of he's probably the one who was most surprised by the way they defended today and it's probably given him a, a lot of food for thought uh, but I think I think Rangers will be second this season I think they'll be closer to Celtic but I, I, I do expect Rangers to be relatively comfortable in second and uh, I think that's probably what, what they could look for but it's still early days in the season isn't it I mean I'm, I know we'll, we'll come on to the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen and Hearts, who I think are all really good teams at the moment uh, later on in the show, and of course Celtic as well. Um, so I think there's a long way to go, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't been impressed so far with Rangers this season. Is there anything, anyone else, is there anything anyone else would like to add about this game, talking about Motherwell in general, because we've been talking a lot about Rangers, however, this is Motherwell's first point of the season. Um, Positive signs. Good social media team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, are we holding out much hope? Do we see this as kind of signs of recovery or is this a kind of... You just hope it's not a flash. Maybe a in one-off. The, yeah, you just hope it's not nah. a flash in the pan from Motherwell given the fact that it's easy to get up for Rangers at home, like all those kind of games, oh. especially the sort of the comments that were made midweek, the recent mm. history between the two clubs and all that kind of thing. Um but their, their first two results have been slightly worrying. But they, they had to be said, they did get back on track in the Cup. Um, and they've had a good result um, today, oh. um, if you like. So, I mean, they could, 
It's a shame. Could, could just be a repeat of last season where they just kind of falter against all the kind of bottom six teams and just turn up for the big games. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's a sh- <laughs> shame, we have, uh, shame we couldn't have either of our uh, motherwell boys on to discuss their feelings, but I think they both feel that um, I think bottom six is where they will be this season. Is it Hearts they've got in the next round of the Betfred Cup, is that right? Yeah, Hearts away. Got to, I mean, they've got to fancy themselves with a wee chance there. Um, Tyne Castle. Of, well, I don't know. The way they're playing and the way they play in the Cups as well, you've got to fancy themselves. It's not Celtic Rangers are playing. They maybe fancy themselves to get into another semi-final and you, you never know what could, ha- could happen. You can see why they did so well in the Cups last year, can't you? Because when it's a one-off match like it was today and it was almost like a Cup tie today, they're just so aggressive over the pitch. They're really combative and they really get to the ball first and they really put teams under pressure I think it's just finding the consistency and doing that every single week that's going to be their struggle I think they'll be they'll be fine I don't think they'll be relegated or anything like that No. Um, but they're in one-off games they're a really hard team to play against Right, uh, Hamish you mentioned Hearts and since you, you appear to be watching every single game of football under the sun uh, you saw Kelly versus Hearts didn't you? <laughs> yes, that was my uh, my chosen game I took in this weekend. Uh, Come on, nil, Heart of Midlothian won. Yeah, doesn't know. Probably, I mean, place to start is probably with a red card and and uh, mm. just to to get your guys' thoughts <laughs> oh, on no. it. For me, it's it's Oof. it's Oof. it's never a sending off. It's obviously Gary Dicker going through Callum Morrison. Callum Morrison with an N at the end of his name. Um, the amount of newspaper editors that must see that and think there's been a wee error because it's a bizarre spelling, isn't it? C A L L U M N, um, but we'll we'll let him away with that, I suppose. Um, but it was. Uh, I don't think I don't think I can comment on a kind of stupidly name. I don't think we names, will let him so away with it. Your name's Andrew. <laughs> I have the surname though. Aye, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say uh, I'm bad about right, Gamba. Okay. 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 Fine. Thank you. I believe thank it you, was a red card. <laughs> <laughs> just to annoy Casey since he's adopted a um, anti-Aberdeen uh, um, well actually we've got, we've got a, we've actually got some correspondence from Callum Scott he, <gasps> he can't be on the podcast but um, he did send a question into the podcast um, this is Callum Scott's words when will the referees fuck off and go on strike <laughs> then we can bring over the Israelis dash yes full capital letters Israelis dash again question mark <laughs> So um, was it that bad a decision? Do you think? Uh, uh, on you go, Tom. I don't think it was. I, I, I don't think it quite was a red card, but I don't think it was as bad as some are making out. I, I think I can absolutely understand where the referee. I think it was Colin was in charge. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I can absolutely see where he's coming from. I I probably wouldn't give it a red card, but it's easy to say now when you've seen it. Two, three, four, five times, but you can ab- the the way Dicker's foot plants into Morrison's leg. I don't blame Colm at all for the red card. I think you're uh, better batting down the hatches, Tom, because I think uh, Casey's outside. <laughs> <laughs> Just hope for your sake that Steve Clark isn't listening, because uh, I think he'd probably <laughs> slight, slightly disagree with you. Um, he had to. He took about an hour to come for the post match last night because. <laughs> Using his own words, he said he had to calm down a little before speaking to the press. Um, he was uh, fair to say he didn't think it was a red card. 
Uh, he may actually get, I think he may get in a wee bit of trouble for his comments as well. Um, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I think it the was. The referee won the game. Yeah, basically that's what he said. It wasn't Nick Piazza that won the game, it was the referee. Um, but what I was, I mean, I, I'd agree with you to a certain extent, Tom, in, in the fact that I think it was an untidy challenge. I don't think he exactly went over. You wouldn't be applauding him and, and showing it off at tackling school as the way to go in and win the ball. It was a bit untidy and it was over the ball a little bit but I just think if you're giving red cards for that you're going to have two or three every match nowadays uh, and I think for me the biggest problem with the incident and with Willie Collum in general is just how theatric it was and how much he made it all about him he sprinted over and there must have been I've not seen any of the stopwatch but it must have been about two two to three seconds between the foul or the, the challenge being made and the red card coming out of his pocket. There was no need for that. I mean, take your time, assess the situation, talk to your linesman if if need be, whatever. I get that he's the one that's close to the incident, but take your time, think about it rather than just rushing into it because it's, it's been a thing he's, he's always done, Willie Collum, isn't, hasn't he? He's always had a mistake in him or something because he rushes to these decisions and he wants to make it all about him and he's so theatrical about it. And it just it really pisses me off about his performance because I'm always one that stood up for him a bit. Um, but I, I've just in the whole performance yesterday, that was two good teams. And uh, as much as the quality at times, and I don't think the pitch helped. I think Willie Collum just spoiled the game a hell of a lot. The way he was giving free kicks all the time, really favoured the defensive teams, and just permanently breaking the game up or constantly breaking the game up by giving daft free kicks away and stuff. And you're just like that. You've got good, two good teams there, a lovely day, a good crowd. Just let the game flow a little and see what happened. But I just felt that he ruined the game a little bit and. Or a, or a great bit if I'm honest um, whether it affected the game or not I think it's another argument because I, I think that Hearts you could argue they maybe wouldn't have found a breakthrough but I think Hearts were the better team even with against 11 men uh, and they do really I'll come on in a wee bit and talk a, about their, their players and that kind of thing but they really do look the real deal for me Hearts this year I was going to I was gonna ask the question uh, do they look the real deal and by real deal I mean you know you know what I mean Three horse race Four horse race <laughs> What do you mean like Contending to win the league Oh Real deal oh, dear. <laughs> uh, No I don't, I don't think they're in with, in with much chance Of winning the league I do however think They're in the battle To Depends how you divvy up the league Isn't it, it Depends where you think Rangers are, are Out clear as second I think Hearts are Probably for me Slightly ahead of Hibs and Aberdeen At the moment Just the way they look I think Ooh. they've got a, a team at the moment um, that's really settled. I think the the players have signed. I mean, the boy Garuccio, the left back, looks great. Heron looks a cracking player. Ollie Lee in the midfield's a great player as well. I think you've you've got to look at the fact that they've kept three clean sheets in the bounds after losing Christoph Berra, their captain against Celtic. They've not lost mm-hmm. a goal since he went out the team. They had two, the two boys at centre half. Um, yesterday Jimmy Dunn who's a new signing from Burnley on loan they had him next to Suter and the two of them I think they had a combined age of about 42 between the two of them so they're both really young guys and they both look brilliant um, the boy Jimmy Dunn looks a bit um, big and kind of clunky the way he goes about he turns really slowly but he actually had a really good game um, and I, I just think that they do look good they look like a really good team and by the looks of things Osman So Craig Levine said he was in the melting pot with regards to getting him back Gareth McCauley's an option to bolster the centre back and they're also very close to signing Dimitri Mitchell who of course they had for Man United last season so I think if they got those three they they could seriously be a good side this year they've got all the, the makings of a good side and a good manager as well 
just kind of like the All-Stars coming back, isn't it? Isa Guerra's back at Celtic, Kyle <laughs> Lafferty's back at Rangers, Osmond Soule could be back at Hearts. I mean, this is, you know, just we've never moved on from 2012, have we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take me back. In more ways than one gamble. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, d- I suppose we probably should talk a bit about uh, Kilmarnock here because... I mean, there's been some there's been some decent results, but this is one that they probably would have thought they could have gotten better on it. Um, how do you guys see them finishing? Do you think this is gonna well not finishing? Do you think they probably need to strengthen, don't they? Yes, but I think um, well, I think Casey's confident that they will, and I think Greg Stewart's one that is a name that's being banded about. I'm not sure um, if that. Uh, I mean, it would be a good signing, but I'm not sure if it would happen. Um, if it does happen, uh, fantastic signing, because I would potentially, well, arguably, take him back at Aberdeen just because he has that sort of moment of magic in him that he can sort of turn games for you. But I do think that, um, aside from strengthening, I think that Kelly will finish top six again. I do think they will sneak into that um, spot in the top six that uh, you could arguably say that other teams are fighting for I do think that they will take that uh, regardless of the sort of mediocre start I think the Kelly will still have a strong start just because I do think that Steve Clark is a decent manager and I don't think he will tolerate um, poor performances for, for a continued spell Tom, you've been quiet for uh, the past few weeks. Is there anything you want to talk about in this game? Is there anything you want to talk about? Do you want to throw in your two cents about the pitch? I think the pitch is quite good. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with Astros pitches. And when you look at the grass pitch that Real Biodoid that played Barcelona on Saturday night, oh God. when you throw that into the mix, Astros pitches, are they that bad? Um I, I don't think there's anything wrong with an Astor pitch. I think, fair enough, as you get older, I can understand why you would want to play on it, but I really, I don't think, as a professional age between 20 and 30, there's much difference between that and a grass pitch. Oh, well, there we go. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about here, lads, or should we move on? Uh, I'm just trying to see if I've got anything else written down here. Uh, I think just in general Hearts deserve to win the game I've got Jimmy Dunn shot 10 minutes Lee Ollie Lee header just four half time McLean's header what a save that was from McDonald the double save amazing mm. and then obviously Naismith hits the post in the what was it 87th minute when Kelly were stretched late on that's probably four four chances it should have been goals plus the goal would have been five uh, in contrast Kelly didn't really have a major chance in the match and I think they're lacking a bit of creativity but if they were to get in Greg Stewart I think that would probably help to sort that um, but he only scored four times for Aberdeen last season Robin so Muirhead he's not, well. not going to bring goals well that'd be interesting as well Robbie Muirhead to Kelly Cow's pal friend, friend of the show <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> whether he listens or not is another thing but uh, I <laughs> um Right, I do you want to move on? Do you want to move on to uh, what I mean? What is what is St Mary's Park called at the moment? We just call it New St Mary's Park. Uh, it's something it's atrocious. It's something. Uh, it's got it's Paisley in it. I'm sure it's like Paisley Direct or something like that. 
I always feel like you have to kind of like if something has like a, a sponsor's name, you have to give it a sponsor's name just for mind that you've you know you've taken your pieces of silver for it. You know, it's known. Don't forget it. Here we go. It is known as the Simple Digital Arena. Okay, well, I was close with Paisley Direct then, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Which is probably up there with one of the worst stadium names that I've heard of. Well, very okay. Um, I, are, I, we moving, I mean, are we moving? Are we moving to terrible, the terrible, t- simple, t- terrible stadium name off uh, the the Tony Macaronis of the world won this one. Gary Holt uh, winning two 0 uh, Comfortable victory, described as uh, Hamilton Lifeboat scoring for Livingston. Um, yeah, the, I mean, I don't know what to say about Livingston. I mean. We had the podcast last week where it was just carnage erupting on the show and uh, they seem to have sorted it all out. But then again, the problem didn't really actually seem to be the results, did it? No. Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you've you've just got to take your, your hat off to the Livingston players because no matter what happens with, on the outside, and, and it must affect the players when... From what I hear, it was Kenny Miller was a really liked guy in the dressing room. The players were mm-hmm. a wee bit disgruntled. Well, that's maybe putting it lightly. They were, I think, they were a bit unhappy that he'd been allowed to go, and he, and he was no longer the manager. And then after all that, to have a new manager in place. What was it, Wednesday that, that Gary Holt um, was was brought in, and then to go to St Mirren, a massive game for them against a, a team oh. that's come up with them. That was a championship game last season, yeah. uh, and to go and put in that kind of performance and win two 0 uh, I think you've, as I say, you've got to take your hats off to the players. I think they they continually do themselves proud, Livingston, and and they've they've come into this top flight and they've not really been outclassing any game yet. And more than that, they've applied themselves well in every game. They were really good in the game I saw against Kelly. Could easily have won that match, although it was a draw was probably the the right result. And yesterday. Um, by the sounds of things, they, they deservedly won comfortable, as you say, at, at St Mirren Park. So I think uh, the players just deserve massive credit. And I don't know if, if you guys are the same, but I'm starting to doubt a wee bit if they are the kind of automatic relegation team that everyone thought they would be at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say St Mirren look like they're more likely to go down now. I think the longer they keep Stubbs in charge, Longer, or they're more likely to look like they're going to go down. Yeah, I agree. I think that I said from the start that I do think that Stubbs has kind of wangled himself into a premiership job on the basis of winning a cup um, at Hibs, given the fact he never actually managed to take Hibs up during his time in the championship uh, and had an absolute torrid time. Was it Rotherham he went down to in England? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Recruitment's been a bit dodgy at St Mirren. I think that's sort of starting to tell. Uh, they were, by all accounts, absolutely rotten um, against us at Pataudry last week. And certainly a pretty shocking result on Saturday against St Mirren. Uh, against St Mirren, against Livingston, who, as you said, like these two teams would have came up against each other last year, so they'll, they'll know about each other um, and they'll be sort of looking to get one over on each other 
um, in terms of not finishing bottom and it's Livingston who have got the away result if you like and I do sort of fear for St Mirren given the fact that um, I don't know they, they just seem to be a bit soulless on the pitch at the minute did not a, la- a lack of leadership as well I don't know I, I could see a bad season for St Mirren if they continue with stubs and charges Tom said uh, it's, I mean it is getting a bit worrying for them now I mean I, looking at the stats from this game it says that Samarin didn't even have a shot on target and I can't remember one from the, the highlights either well, I would tend to believe the stats gambas that's kind of what they're there for <laughs> um, yeah I mean when you're going up against a team who like have had the kind of carnage of the week at Livingston and you aren't capitalising on that just as a fundamental just you know take you know what you think your final league standings are going to be at the end of you know take all of that out of out of the question that's that's not good if you can't even you know get a result against a team that's just in free fall um, they might be okay because there, there may actually be teams worse in the division than they are but well, we'll probably come on to them. <laughs> um, yeah, is there anything else anyone wants to add about this, or we can we can talk about the game you were at, Ryan? Um, no, other than the fact that I think both of Livy's um, goals came from corners that were defended appallingly. Nah, the, the oh, there is one more thing. Sorry, on you go. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, is Kenny Miller actually going to sign for St. Mirren? No. No. Well, he's going to sign for someone, isn't he? And it, uh, I doubt it will be down south. I doubt he wants to go down south at this stage. I think he wants to stay in Scotland. Uh, St Mirren, probably the obvious one. I think any other teams that really need a striker. I mean, Aberdeen need a striker, but I don't think they'll go for Kenny Miller. <coughs> yeah, certainly hope not. Well, I think we've kind of shored up our striking options, bringing in James Wilson. I think that's us done our business in the sort of forward area of the pitch. So mm. I couldn't see Kenny Miller coming to Aberdeen. It seems weird though that like your your two options would be like St Mirren or Aberdeen, like in terms of just. <laughs> well, Hibs were apparently keen on him. Neil fun. Lennon wanted him in the summer, so maybe that could be another place. But then again, do they really need him? But then again, maybe you just need a or want a player like Kenny Miller around the club because of the the good things he would do, in terms of. He's obviously really good. I think working with youngsters and people enjoy him, and he's quite a. I think he's quite a decent guy. In the main, he obviously had his troubles at Rangers at the end of his time there, but I think he's a decent guy in the main to, to have at the club. So I, I think the majority of Premiership teams would, would want him. Dundee could really do a player like that, couldn't they, up top? But whether they, mm. I've not even heard them linked with Kenny Miller at all. I don't know if Miller would go there. Just depends where, where he sees his future. But I think St Mirren are probably the front runners at the moment. Right, okay, let's let's move on to the Kenny Miller signing derby. Hibs uh, <laughs> one, Aberdeen one. Uh, Ryan, you you made the the long arduous journey to to Hibs. Yes, the long this. the long arduous five minute journey um, <laughs> <laughs> along along the road. Yeah, uh, it was a decent enough game, I thought. Um, quite scrappy again, sort of a game that was uh, highlighted by refereeing errors. I think were the main talking points from this one. Uh, but I did think that over the piece a draw was a fair result I think the main thing for me was just from an Aberdeen perspective it's just a bit annoying to get to 85 minutes ahead and then not see out the game 
um, but I won't begrudge Hibbs the point because I did think that it was coming for a good half an hour before they scored. Um, I don't know, just the way that the Aberdeen just kind of retreated, um, sort of gave Hibbs the the possession for the last half an hour, just sort of invited the pressure onto onto ourselves, which is a bit strange um, given the fact that. Well, we actually played a three at the back once again, despite um, that formation never um, working at all, I don't think, on any occasion. So it'd be interesting to see why McInnes adopts that uh, <laughs> tactic um, in these big games, despite it um, not working. But, I mean, we did get a point out of a game where we didn't play too well. Um, so I guess that has to be seen as a positive. Um, you, you talked about the, the refereeing thing. I mean, Certainly, from from our reports that we got from the game, uh, from an Aberdeen perspective, people weren't too happy with the referee. But um, Hibbs as well. Do you think it was just a general all round performance, or do you think it was particularly bad for Aberdeen? Right? No, I think Andrew Dallas <laughs> is just a rotten referee. Um, I really do not. I think I would go out on a limb and say he is the worst referee in the top flight. He just seems to lose control of games that I could keep control of. Uh, makes weird decisions. Um, I mean, in fairness, he's not helped out by his linesman, um, who for half the game just seemed to be there for a wage um, and to run up and down the touchline and <laughs> not make a decision at all. They, uh, as you've seen for the Aberdeen penalty decision, which I just couldn't believe wasn't given. Luckily, it wasn't sort of deemed that bad just because we went and scored right after it. But it's just like. I don't how you can't give that as a penalty with your linesman looking right at it as well. Uh, it's, it's just it's bizarre, and I, I have to say I think Mackay Stephen was quite lucky to only get a yellow card. I mean there wasn't much in it, but the way he was going, the referee, I wouldn't have been shocked if he'd pulled out the red card, and you you wouldn't have had much uh, to complain about with either. Um, so I think Andrew Dallas needs to be demoted to out of refereeing completely, never mind to the Championship. Hamish, this, I'm right in thinking this was another one of the games that you saw as well. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the BBC Alaba game on a Saturday night, yes. so uh, I, I lay in my bed last night and watched a, a good bit of it. Uh, I think aye, the two two big penalty shouts in the game, the one early on, I think it was Considine, on Martin Boyle, uh, no penalty for me, I thought he was pretty strong Considine I think if you were given a penalty for that you'd be given four or five a game because I thought it was a ball that was there to be won and I, I think I heard him in sports scenes saying that he thought there was a hand in the back I thought it was a, a pretty much was a, a shoulder to shoulder and I think Considine was just stronger than Boyle so I think that would have been harsh uh, so right decision there but the one handling on, on Ferguson uh, just an absolute stonewall penalty it's one I can't even understand why it wasn't given because you sometimes get it where you look at it first time you go oh maybe I'm not sure and then you see a replay and you go alright it is a penalty but that was like even just watching it from the TV angle away up in the, the top of the stand it looked like a, a stonewall penalty straight away and then you saw the, the the replay and it again it just looked like a penalty so that was just a, an incredible decision not to give that and at the end of the day I know Aberdeen scored just shortly after it but it has cost Aberdeen a, a victory in many ways that um, so I thought those were the, obviously the two big moments in the game from what I saw it was a relatively scrappy game I think Hibs had the, the better of the opening stages Aberdeen grew into it I think Hibs deserved a point out of it 
the guy Horgan who obviously scored last week against Ross County looks really good for them I think he really just fits the, the Hibs way of playing and he's really pacey and it was just a typical McLaren finish really for Hibs so I think a point probably a, a fair result there and they probably both in a funny way can he will accept a point and think alright that's not bad could have been worse there we move on Um, Tom, I realise I haven't asked you again. I'm just completely forgetting you while you're probably getting pissed in the corner. Uh... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> drinking through the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I'm pretty disappointed to be honest. Um, <laughs> what is what is your assessment? Don't talk about Ferguson. Don't don't speculate how much Aberdeen are going to have to pay for him. Um, I think probably a decent amount given he, he looks like a real player given how he, given his two, age at the moment. Aye, two hundred fifty grand. Aye, it was two hundred fifty. Which probably will be a snip, given he's only 19 and he's already playing at this level. Um, I don't think uh, Hamilton fans last season would be too surprised to see him sort of slot into this Aberdeen team. Uh, and I, wouldn't, I generally wouldn't be surprised to see Aberdeen make a good, good profit on that. And I'm not just saying that on the back of the overhead kick against Burnley. He is a good player. Obviously, Ryan will better. He'll see him a lot more than I will, but... Um, he looks the sort of player that you could see just sort of um, slide into a lot of sides um, from he- from this level right the way up till not quite yet, but ha- uh, middle uh, middle of the table English Premier League sides. Um, I think he could do a job for most of those sides. Um, and the more he plays at this at this stage in his career, given he's only nineteen and the amount of games he's already played for already Aberdeen and. Uh, a whole season and just about half at Hamilton will probably do him a lot of good um, and it will be nice to see him sort of flourish out, not just as a football fan but as a Scottish natural side fan I've also got down here uh, Stevie May recreated as number 10 question mark <laughs> Stevie May recreated full stop uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm still not convinced with Stevie May. I mean, he did play relatively well. Um, I think McInnes described his performance as unselfish, making good sort of runs into the channels. And I mean, it was a sort of nice layoff to Ferguson just before Ferguson got taken out for the penalty. And then he obviously headed it back across goal for mm-hmm. Hoban to sort of scramble into net. I don't know, but you want to see Stevie May being the one scoring the goals. I mean, I know he got his goal last week against uh, St Mirren in the Cup, but it was kind of a, a tap in. I don't know. I, I don't think that... Um, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but we'll wonder if McKinnis will be tempted to play sort of May in behind Wilson, this new guy up front, see how he gets on with him, sort of hopefully sort of create a partnership between the two. But I don't know. I, I just think that Stephen May looks like he's lost a bit of confidence and a bit of pace. Um after his stint down south I mean it all sort of looked good when he sort of scored two goals against Dundee on his debut but he's never really kicked on from there which is a shame um, for us especially um, and himself as well I mean obviously he got that bad injury against Rangers last season um, so he's been sort of having a bit of stop start time at Aberdeen but I don't know I've, I don't think that he's going to be the man to get 20 goals a season like Adam Rooney has for the last three years um, so I think that's why he's kind of brought in James Wilson on loan from Man United to sort of hopefully get some goals. Right, I 
think that's everything we've got for this game unless I've missed anything glaringly obvious if anyone wants to jump in no no okay no. <laughs> right um, right let's talk about the let's talk about the most exciting football match of the weekend um, Celtic won Hamilton now <clears throat> uh, I, I really regretted going to this game <laughs> why would you go so awful oh. uh, why would you go and support your team uh. Gamba <laughs> Yes, I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh well, I wasn't. I, wa- I wasn't actually supporting the full team. Uh, I was actually only supporting ten players. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game. There's not really much to talk about in the game. Celtic didn't really do much going forward until the second half. They looked okay defensively, apart from the first thirty seconds. It wasn't very good. The interesting thing is Dedrick Boyata. Uh, <laughs> Hamish, what's your take? My my take from before the game is a wee bit different to my take right now. Um, Mm -hmm. My my opinion before the match was that he should be nowhere near the starting lineup, and the the fact that he effectively made himself unavailable for Celtic in our hour of need when they were up against AK Athens. Uh, and he said he was unfit and everyone knows the story Brendan Rodgers says he was fit I know who I believe so I think that that was that was obviously disappointing and the fact that that he was included in the team today I think was disappointing and a bit bizarre but then you have also got to see the other side of the story and you've got to see that there was really no one else that could play there Um, and that Boyata is Celtic's best defender best centre back there's no doubt about that when he's on his game which, to be fair, in the main, over the last 18 months, he has been. He's still throwing in daft updates here and there. But when he's uh, on his game, he is, uh, he's probably the, the best centre-back Celtic have, almost certainly. And, and today he was the man of the match. It was given to Dembele for some bizarre yeah. reason. Uh, but <laughs> probably out of fear of giving it to Boyata for the, the reaction from uh. the fans. But Boyata was the man of the match today. Defensively, he was really good. He dealt with the kind of limited stuff he had to do. Hamilton didn't offer a hell of a lot, but when they did, Boyata did look pretty assured and confident. He didn't look unfit by any means, considering it was the first game he's played since Russia. And, uh, yeah, he scored the winner as well. So what else can you say, really? It was an inspired choice to play him. You can't really disagree with that at all. And I'm kind of a wee bit inclined now just to to kind of get on with it now and, and to, to put it to one side, draw a line and, and get on with it and if he has a future at Celtic so be it, if he doesn't he'll probably be away in the next five days uh, to, to Olympiacos or Sevilla or whoever else has been linked with him but I thought he was he was really good today, at the end of the day he got, he's got the goal that got Celtic a really important three points It kind of just highlights it because the, the kind of main problem people have been pointing out with Celtic for a long time because you know, if Celtic had over the past few transfer windows signed a centre back that was of the same competency as them, they wouldn't have had this problem. But because they haven't been able to sign anyone for in the defence of that kind of quality, which I mean, you know, there will be some people who probably don't rate Boyata that highly. They'll point to him as a bomb scare, and you know, games last season. I mean, the game at Ibrox wasn't particularly great for him. I know, but. This is this is a this is an entirely almost self-made problem because this this shouldn't be the case where 
It shouldn't be the case where a, a player's coming out of Celtic Park and being booed and then there's banners unfurled about how he's not fit to wear the jersey. And then there's just ridiculous scenes where people aren't even celebrating a goal he scored. <laughs> it shouldn't be this one. Is that, did that actually happen? What, the not celebrating? Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So right. there's folk just sitting down? <laughs> There were people. There were people standing up with arms crossed. I saw. <laughs> Jeez, oh. an angry that, celebration. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, what's their viewpoint? Do they just wish he hadn't scored and would drop points? It's kind of like I'm. I'm. I'm willing to. I'm willing to appreciate that the ball's gone in the net, but I'm not going to celebrate the way it happened. <laughs> I think from an outsider's point of view uh, on this situation, I don't. I still wouldn't. Uh, I kind of side with those that are against Boyata. I mean, given the fact that the Champions League at the minute is kind of the be-all and end-all for Celtic um, to kind of make yourself unavailable uh, in the sort of most important games that Celtic have in a season is kind of unacceptable to then come back and, I mean, yes, he scored and he put in a good performance, but at the end of the day, not to be disrespectful, is against Hamilton at Celtic Park, where... Um, you you would be inclined to suggest that even Jack Hendry could um, have looked sort of semi decent. Uh, so I do think um, I I don't think it washes with me. I mean, obviously not having a sort of vested interest in it, but it doesn't wash with me the fact that you can make yourself unavailable um, in sort of Celtic's sort of biggest game of the season so far to sort of and um, watch them sort of fall down and fail, and then sort of come back in in a sort of less an easier game, play a whip, alright, get a goal, um, and then everything's forgotten. Um, wouldn't be the case for me if it was one of the Aberdeen players. Again, as always, Tom, I'm just leaving you till last. What do you think? Well, Beata, it doesn't sit very well with me. Bye, Beata. And then let him play. Um, I wouldn't have it if it was United. I don't especially care because it's Celtic. Um, but if fans came out tomorrow saying he's not Who? playing for the club then I would say right if you're not playing for the club then you can leave um, but yeah, well a similar scenario look at Gavin Gunnan walking off the pitch for Dundee <laughs> not quite similar yeah. I think that's quite a bit different he's an absolute well, no. disgrace <laughs> well to the extent that he doesn't want to play for the club did he play for Dundee United after that no no, so I think I mean similar in the sense that mentality is like I'm done, I'm done here. I don't want to be here. I'm not going to play for this club because I've not got an interest in what's going on. I mean, obviously we don't know all that's going on behind the scenes, but it's just like if you're deeming yourself unfit when you are fit, it kind of tells its own story. How much of it do you think it's him as opposed to his agent? I don't think Beata's that sort of. I don't think many players are that sort of minded. I think a lot of it, it has come from his agent. He has always struck me by that as a bit of a bell end in the way he goes on. <laughs> I just think he's a, a typical. I mean, put it this way: I think if he get an offer from down south, which he obviously won't get this transfer window, if he got an offer from elsewhere and it was concrete and Celtic accepted the bid, I think I don't think he'd have any um, feeling or any kind of failure to to want to move away. I think he'd be straight out that door very quickly, uh, and I don't know if he'd do a great deal of thinking Celtic. Um, I, I, I just I've never really massively been able to take to him. I just think his his temperament as a footballer is terrible. The amount of mistakes he's made, 
uh, and then this is just the final nail in the coffin so it's kind of I'm a bit just can I, I don't think it's a, matter, a black and white matter put it that way I don't think it's it's either oh he never plays for Celtic again or he's suddenly the best player Celtic have ever had type thing I think he just has to continue and as I say, if he's a Celtic player in a week's time then they move on with it if he's not then so be it Um, just kind of looking forward uh, to Thursday, Hamish. How do you think Celtic are going to get on? Because there's a fair chance we probably won't have a podcast out after these games. Uh, I think Celtic will win pretty comfortably. I think it'll be 2 or 3 now. I don't think Sadova were up to a great deal. I think it's just a. I've not really got much else to say in the match other than I think it's just a box. Pretty much like today's match where Celtic just need to tick it off and they just need to get to the group stage and then look at the how they go from there um, but it's a big match if Celtic were to go out of Europe the, the daggers would come out again for Rodgers and then obviously the big match on Sunday against Rangers so I think it's a big match in one way but it's also not a particularly it's not a match that Celtic fans are really like, looking it, forward to is it? It's, it's, it's one of these it's, it's going to sound quite strange but it shouldn't be a big match but it could be I, I just I think Brendan Rodgers is just hoping that it's it's a pretty routine evening and there's no dramatics, no early daft goal conceded. I think you'd be much more worried if you're going away from home for the second leg. Like, I think the fact is it's Celtic Park. I, I think right. it'll be two or three now for me. I think it'll be pretty comfortable for Celtic. Interesting, interesting. Right, um, I think that's everything I've got in this game. Um, mainly because we're approaching the hour mark probably shouldn't go too much on about this game I was going to talk to you about the Celtic attack but maybe for another time uh, right okay let's move on to it St Johnson won Dundee now um, Tony Watt getting the winner in this one Tom let's start with you obviously because Dundee are involved uh, <laughs> do you want to do, do you want to just do you want to just go on and on about the defending please because it's it's absolutely I mean I know obviously there's the, the picture of this, there's the still image that uh, I think it's was it St Johnson 1884 tweeted yes, it yes it was I mean obviously when you see it in, in motion it's not as bad as the still picture looks but my god I think the, the still the still picture makes it look like it's the set half problem um, the actual live footage you look at where the fullbacks are and the distance between the two fullbacks in Nathan Ralph and I think it was Jesse Curran playing and Meekins and I think it was Cocker, I don't really uh, I'm not sure. Um, Meekins was the one that was five yards behind on the still picture. Uh, yeah, it was Meekins and Cocker. Not good defending, which is something you would say about a McCann side. Um but they're just it seems to be the same problems. They could have Darno Day, um Cami Kerr in that defence and it just it seems the exact same thing. Uh McCann gets them playing a certain way. Uh this diamond in the midfield seems to be the formation he's stuck upon, which sort of forces Ralph and Curran or Ralph and Kerr or Kerr and Curran to push up whichever duo of the three that is picked to sort of push up and support the two strikers because they're really the only width that they're going to get um, and it does leave Meekins and Cocker exposed and for all it's funny saying look how bad they are at defending uh, it probably stems from a deeper problem and that is that the formation and the management is inept 
uh, don't get me wrong, I think a dynamic midfield can work and it probably has worked in the past. I think the one example that springs to mind is Daisy Milan, uh, part of 2007. Uh, they had a diamond that worked quite well. Uh, but you look at this team and uh, there's just nothing in there. Kamara is really the only one that could even get pass marks or play at a higher level. Uh, it's a team of journeymen is what it is it's not good enough and I think because Dundee have been in the Premiership now for a couple of years they expect the fans expect better and have a right to expect better than this uh, and it doesn't help with McCann saying the target is top six which I think is ambitious given their budget um, but when they bring in the players that they have it's not ambitious I think uh, it's far too ambitious even uh, they've got as I said they've got a team of journeymen Kamara is probably the only player that really deserves to be playing top six football. Uh, Nabi could be a player. Madianga has shown sparks. Mendy has the odd touch here and there, but he's not a goal scorer up front. Ralph looks inept. Meekings, we've all we all know what Meekings is capable of, um, but hasn't shown it on a regular enough basis. Cocker, there's a reason why he's playing below his level, given he's an English cap, or below what. Uh, he's expected to be playing at Curran is he any better than Kamikera I don't think so he's probably better going forward and that's probably why he's playing which says a lot about McCann um, this Dundee team I think apart from anything else is just fundamentally inept and that that doesn't go any further than McCann um, who else wants to stick the boot in Ryan do you want to Um it's weird because I, I did actually think that Dundee played quite well well against us when we played them <laughs> another week. Um, but <laughs> every time you see them on sports scene, it's just a. Well, this was a, this was his this was his thing that McCann was saying. He was just like, "Well, this is another game we've just lost, you know, by like one goal or whatever. So I mean, we just need a little bit of improvement and we'll be fine." Yeah, it's, it just seems like it's a colossal shambles. To be fair, like it just like we can pick. I, I think. If you go back and listen to these podcasts and just clip out the Dundee parts, it would just sound like the same. Like we say the same things every single week because just we, we have, yeah, we have. I've been just doing that. Shite, shite defending, missed chances, um, and then everyone slags off McCann because he's angry, um, and it's just like, well, no, you can't really blame him to be fair, given the fact his team's shite. Um, I think you can just, though. Sorry, I think you can blame McCann. It's no, I meant like you can't blame him for being angry. Well, he's the one who's who's brought no, together. No, this no, 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 I know. I'm not like I'm not saying that he's not to blame. He's totally to blame. He's hundred percent. But, to but blame. if if but if say Neil McCann wasn't the manager and it was you know John Smith, it would still be a shambles. You think? Mm. <laughs> if John Smith had put together his team, it would. But I think if John Smith had any about any bit of managerial ability, it wouldn't be this bad. Yeah, I think he, there just seems to be no sort of learning from week in week out um, they don't learn from their mistakes they arguably get worse um, <laughs> it's just mental I don't know I can't see well Tom said that their ambition is top 6 that's definitely not going to happen mm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, that's not going to happen and uh, any Dundee fans can find me at my my address to personally batter me if that does um, but I can't see it um, I just <sighs> Don't hold out hope much. I don't hold out much hope for Dundee this season, and I yeah. could potentially see them being dragged into relegation battle if they don't buck up their ideas, which I don't see them doing. So I'm going to 
also go out on limb and say they'll be in a relegation battle this season. Yeah, I saw them once earlier on in the season in the game against Dunfermline in the Betfred Cup group stage and I just thought just the whole the whole place, I mean you talk about it at Dundee United at the moment, uh, in terms of just an emptiness of the whole place and I think Dundee's quite similar and I, yeah, the entire street is just dead at the moment <laughs> there's just no life there on whatever you call that road, is it Taradice Road or something like that? Taradice Street Nah, it's close um, <laughs> so, aye, they were I just think that everyone knows about their, uh, their attacking exploits or lack of attacking exploits and the fact they don't score goals. You look at their, their last matches, no goals yesterday, no goals against Air United, none against Aberdeen, one against um, St Mirren in the opening day, but they still lost that match. So they're just really struggling and I think their defence is poor as well, everyone knows that. But I think just beyond that, even the midfield, there's no one really prepared to put a foot in and win it and really... Kind of take the game by the scuff of the neck. They're all just happy just to pass the ball or or move the ball side to side, and they don't really. They just really lack a bit of creativity or a bit of bite in the midfield. And that's the thing that really got me is that the fans. There's no. I know it doesn't necessarily when you mean you win matches, but there's no one in that team at the moment that the fans would want in the back of their shirts. There's no names that would be rushing and going. This is what I want in the back of my top because there's no real role models in that team. There's no real star players that you say, "Oh God, he's going to deliver today." I'm waiting on him. They're all just they're just a team of kind of maybe players at the moment. They're just happy to be all right, but not really do anything. And I think that all comes for the manager. I just don't think they've got a, a particularly good manager who simple as that I don't think he's a good manager and look at the games they've got coming up as well and you're wondering where they're going to get never mind their first win but their first point from they get Motherwell next week Motherwell obviously look better they'll probably kick on from today's result Rangers after that Hibs after that and then they've got Celtic and Hearts as well before the end of October so it's a really tough looking fixture there's in there as well all games that you'd probably fancy them to lose never mind even get anything from so I, I just think they're, they're really struggling for me at the moment if I was to put favourites for relegation I'd have them right at the top I think I think they're the, the big team that I'm worried about at the moment yeah, exactly. I think Kamara is really the only player of that team that probably deserves to be playing at any any standard above Dundee at this stage. Um, there just is a sort of real lack of quality going forward and even defensive. I think it's easy to just point the finger at, right, they're not scoring goals. Why are they not scoring goals? Um, and that's fair enough. They've looked at Shanklin, probably couldn't afford him in, in the wages that we come with it. They tried to get a player from Shrewsbury, turned them down. Um, and it's that it's not good enough simply because they could have Shankland a couple of months ago for a free um, it just it goes deeper than that I think the defence the lack of attention towards it I think because they've got Cocker in there I think right that's probably it sorted um, and they're not playing their best defender in Kamikari he's not very good going forward he's crossing is really poor but defensively he's the best he's the best in there uh, Cocker's got his problems Meekins as we saw for the goal was really poor Ralph who I've said from day one on this podcast or day one since he signed on this podcast even he's not been good enough and Curran isn't defender um, so they're going to have their problems there and I think it's quite it, it's really easy and I think that's what we're seeing um, from sports scene from sports sound and from social media is that why are they not scoring goals they're not good enough going forward but when you actually look at their defence it's really really poor when you break it down Um, just to kind of go on a, a point of uh, positivity, I suppose, um, do you want to talk a wee bit about St Johnson? Yes. Um, An attacking. I team. mean, I'll always, I'll, I'll, I'll always love Tony Watt, but the man is just goals at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. 
even on goals that he seems to claim he gets. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, the, the, this one was definitely his. Surely, surely. Don't know He's taken quite defend. a lot of criticism, St Johnston. It's quite an attacking team, mm-hmm. given that. Sorry, Ryan. Short don't given don't that. What? <laughs> given, given that what, Tom? Uh, you kind of stopped well, there. Tommy Wright has taken a lot of criticism and he came out during the week saying how great an achievement it was that St Johnson had managed to stay in top flight which is something you would say you would associate with a manager maybe in McCann's position where the pressure is seriously on and I think there is pressure on uh, Tommy Wright but um, it was a statement that you would make when you're under real pressure and you say right well how good an achievement is it that we're here let alone anything else um, and him for to name uh, for Tony Wright to name such an attacking team, he had Watt, McMillan, who were two out and out strikers. Obviously, Watt puts himself about, he runs a lot. Um, and then two proper wingers in Jay Wright and Mike Kennedy. Um, for him to do something quite as brave as that, I say brave, but he's putting it to Dundee, who, as Hamish said, are probably are the worst team so it's far. It's not season. the Tommy Wright thing to do, is it? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect that. Yeah. It's brave, I'll give him that. <laughs> Right, is there anything else anyone wants to add about this game and the Premiership as a whole? Because I think that's us done. I'll take that as a no. Deafening silence. Um, so yeah, uh, Hearts top won all their games. Dundee bottom lost all their games. Um, let's go on to the Scottish Championship. Uh, oh, where I have to call out Tom McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going on the theme of the last podcast, I suppose. Uh, this was, uh, I believe, oh, 14.35? No, 14.25. Accidentally put air on the coupon. What a loser. <laughs> Hamish, Carton, Hamish Carton replies, little asterisk, as if, to apply, as if to imply I'm making a correction. Winner. Were United 3 nothing up after 20 minutes? Or was it 25 minutes? I can't remember. It was 3-0 uh, after 39 minutes, Gamble, so you were close. <laughs> nowhere near. Uh, <laughs> it's is is it happening? Are, are is Tom winning his coupon? No, he is not. <laughs> is Tom winning a coupon? He's absolutely not winning I mean, I know I know a lot of the talks been about Shankland, but I mean, just Alan Forrest, man, like the head. I mean, I know that the cut of the header has been doing the rounds, but I mean. Dunfermline, like every night since four one, Dunfermline. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, they're they're looking pretty good, aren't they? It's been a, a pretty amazing start to the season. You look at United's fixtures. I think they've that was their ninth game in all competitions. Uh, they've won, I think, seven of them. They drew away, away to Inverness uh, last week which was with 10 men for the majority of that match. It's a really good result. And they lost some penalties to Queen's Park in the Cup, which they'll probably happily write off given the start they've had. So they've won every other match. They've kept clean sheets in, I think, six of the matches so far, which was a big thing last year at League One level. It was labelled at them was how many goals they conceded. And I think when you look at them this season, the back four they've got, 
Um, I think the boy is it Smith, the left back that they've signed Scotland under twenty one international. Liam Smith, the boy that's from Hearts, uh, looks great, and they've got Rose and Gegan in there as well. It just looks a solid. And I think another thing you can't underestimate the keeper they've got. I've not heard much talked about mm. Ross Doohan, but he's a guy that's uh, from Celtic on loan. Um, and the rare occasions I have seen him, he looks really, really assured for a young guy. I don't know what age he is. I assume he's twenty one or so. Uh, he looks really assured, and it's clearly spreading its way to the rest of the team and obviously on top of that going forward they've got not just Lauren and Shankland but they've got Michael Moffat as well who's mm-hmm. probably scored five or six goals already this season um, which is a really good return for him and uh, on top of that they've got players weighing in from midfields the likes of Alan Forrest so it's just looking really good I still think they're going to be in a relegation battle I think that's still where the, their season will be so I think it's just a case for them is of getting as many points on the board while they're playing well because inevitably they will start losing matches because there's no way surely there's no way we could get, <laughs> get another Livingston this season and get a team up that end of the, the league for the whole season surely there is win, no chance of that happening like, here, there's no way Aero will be able to say make the playoffs or something like that, that just, surely that can't happen ok good to see we've got that recorded do you want to Tom Dundee United, I mean, winning, not quite 4-1, but 3-1 against Patrick Thistle. Um, I mean, Dundee United w- winning. Yeah. It was quite peculiar. Paul Watson. It was actually kind of weird to see us win. Three wins in a row, Tom. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... Uh, <laughs> Enthusiastic as ever. It was odd. Um, we didn't actually play very well, which was good. Which was good. Oh good, so we've still, we've still got some of that, that old, you know, that, that Dundee United excellence that we've come to expect in the podcast. They're third in the league. Yeah, oh, I'm not, I'm not sitting here moaning or anything, I'm just saying it wasn't vintage. Um, it was, it was, it was the sort of performance you'd say, if you were doing well, you're like, that's brilliant, we're winning like this. Um, the formation as well was one that was quite peculiar. Um... It was it was odd. It was really odd. It was a sort of four at the back at times, <coughs> three at the back at others. It would it, honestly, it was really odd. Uh, I think it was all to accommodate Lemba, which makes sense because he is probably the most creative player. Him and Aird, uh, and Aird does I wouldn't say thrive at, at wing back, but is more than capable there, and can still create as much as he does when he's playing in sort of midfield four with a full back behind him. Um, so it was peculiar to see a sort of creative number 90 playing behind Barton Ravitch at times and sometimes in front, sometimes as a proper winger. It was it was odd and I think if you had a manager who had been there for a while and had a clear sort of sense of style, you'd be like, right, that's him, he's just been a free roll. Um, but because it was Lazo, you're kind of a bit wary. It was a bit, you were, you were just a wee bit, he stood off and thought, right, does he really know what he's doing? Does, do the players really know is this the formation they're playing? It was, a, it was just a. I, I'm not. I'm absolutely not moaning about beating, uh, Pirates of three one. But um, it was just a wee bit <laughs> odd. It was a. Curran was playing left wing. It was so odd at times, and it, I I think if this was a if this was a free flowing <laughs> team that was beating teams every week, you'd be like, oh, this is brilliant. We're playing. Every players playing where they want, are playing with freedom, they're enjoying themselves. But, and I'm so so wary to complain about this because it it's, it is odd seeing United beat a team that are 
expected not quite in the league but be up there without really having to take it to next gear it was just odd it was really odd um, and was I would odd? be seriously worried if I was a Partick fan generally they were so so poor they, they offered really little and I don't think that was helped with the wear going off early um, but Storer um, their new winger Story Jesus Christ what he offers as a striker as a lone striker he <laughs> very well may be a good striker with a two um, and I think we all know my feelings towards Blair Spittle mm. <laughs> so uh, a, a, a comprehensive excellent victory <laughs> for Dundee United there <laughs> right um, let's it's a shame Johnny isn't on the podcast so we can just we can just praise uh, Stephen Dobby anymore how many did they say he should have had five six I think it was five after about 75 minutes so (laughs) we can only assume that he had a few more chances uh, later on in that game Um, but oh god Falkirk are struggling aren't they like big time Mm. like they are just Mm. absolutely struggling they're toiling at the moment Uh, they've obviously they've lost all their three matches in the league so far haven't got a point on the board yet Uh, and you've got to be really worried for them, I mean, like, I think this. It seems a bit bizarre to say it because obviously not last season, but the seasons before they were up the top end of the championship. But I don't feel. I think last year they had the the safety blanket, if you like, of um, Brecon City, and you could argue Dumbarton to a certain extent as well. But I don't think they have that this year at all. I think Allah will get more points than Dumbarton did last year, and I I think you could honestly, if they don't get their act together soon and they don't get rid of Hartley, uh, or these players start gelling together because they've got so many new players I think you could you could seriously see Falkirk getting relegated for the championship which seems just totally bizarre I mean there can't have been other than obviously kind of Rangers I suppose Dunferland were down there for a bit there can't have been a bigger team than that out with the top two flights in the last what 15-20 years This is one of the questions that uh, James at the second yellows uh, sent in to us is what's the quickest taxi service in Scotland I'd like to Paul, I'd like to call Paul Hartley a cab <laughs> Um, That's nice to hear, actually. Very nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Tom, Tom's happy now. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's turned into a sadist, man. Just like <laughs> taking pleasure at other people's displeasure and not your own team winning. Massive. I don't think, I mean, I don't I, think so. I took pleasure out of us being Partick, but I'm just wary not to get too excited. Certainly didn't show it. <laughs> I'm just wary I'm not going to get myself carried away after. But well, have you, we're still in August. Have you finally learnt from previous podcasts? No, not quite that far. I just think if it was someone else in charge, you would probably. I, I think if you had a good manager, you'd say how good a performance it was in terms of the players sort of just adjusted and gelled. But we did sit back, we adjusted and gelled to the situation. But because it's Laszlo, you felt it was maybe just luck. Did the players really know what they were doing? They were just sitting back to sort of. <laughs> Hold the lead. Do you still want him so gone? Do you still want him gone? Yes. Oh yes. Get him. Get rid of him tomorrow if it means that a three points oh. on the board cannot be complained about. I predict he will save his job with two more wins and then just be rotten again. Sorry to go Who's back. this, Hartley or Laszlo? Who, who are we talking about? Laszlo. 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 and both. I am all. Mm. Same ta- put them in the same taxi. 
Um, Victor, we'll, we'll move on from talking about Shabba Laszlo, which somehow was our analysis of uh, the Falkirk game. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, Morton obviously over overcame uh, Ross County, which I mean I think it was goals came quite in quick succession. I am right about that one. I've got this down here: fifty-eight, sixty, seventy-seven. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I I mean good result for Morton. Sees them stay up close to the top of the league and. I thought they scored for uh, Ross County, wasn't it? Yes. It was. Um, the the, the, the goal that was certainly doing the rounds on social media filmed and I think they described it on the, the Morton Twitter, which is a bit of a bizarre Twitter feed at the best of times. They described it as raw footage and it was literally just a guy with a camera up to, I can only assume it was a laptop screen that was showing the goal. So it was a bit, uh, that was a bit bizarre, but take nothing away from the finish. It was a a smashing left foot drive from Tidza that obviously mm. equalised for, for Morton and then I think it was Bob McHugh that scored the winner for them uh, late okay. on um, <laughs> Inverness if I take the discussion there Gamba and do your job yes, uh, sure, I think it's, it's bizarre for them isn't it? They've, they've played the last two league matches against teams that have just come up Aaron Alloa and uh, they've both been against 10 men for large parts of the game both Aaron and Alawa had men sent off and Inverness haven't been able to beat either of them and if you add to the fact they went out of the Iron Brew Cup last week against uh, what I say Dunfermline I think uh, they're struggling a wee bit a team that I tipped to win the league at the start of the season and they seem to be struggling mm. a wee bit so I don't know if the, the alarm bells are ringing for, for John Robertson up there but I think they maybe should be Right, there we go. And thank you very much, Hamish, for just blitzing through uh, the rest of the chat. No problem. I'm getting a wee bit tired, Gamba, so I just thought I'd do that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I mean, it's only an hour and 20 minutes. Do you want to just mention the fact that Airdrionian is just completely chucking out against Wraith Rovers in yeah. League One? This is just an absolutely crazy story. If I, if I just read out what happened for anyone that, that doesn't know. Go for it. Um, so Airdrionians took the lead through I think it's how Jao Victoria is that how you pronounce it 7 minutes in Dale Carrick doubled that lead after half an hour uh, Liam Buchanan got one back for Wraith mm-hmm. about just before the hour mark Wraith then had a man sent off I think it's Ian Davidson but mm-hmm. I could be wrong sent off 20 minutes for the end so it's 2-1 Airdrie at that stage Jao Victoria scores what do you think would be the clincher after 83 minutes so it's 3-1 Airdrionians against up. against uh, 10 men they're thinking great result Airdrionians would be going up I think that would have been them taking 9 points from their first 4 matches to be going second in the league at that stage against 10 men you can only assume that the Wraith fans must have started to leave um, if there was anyone at the game obviously listening to the podcast they should tweet us in and tell them if they did leave they thought it was all over uh, and then somehow 87th minute uh, Liam Buchanan scores 91 I think it's Kevin Nisbet scores and then Liam Buchanan completes his hat-trick in the 94th minute for 10 men Wraith Rovers to come back from 3-1 down after 87 minutes to win 4-3 away at Airdrionians that's mental hell yeah mental. Uh, Aye, so <laughs> aye, sees sees Wraith Rovers go second. It's a good, you know, good for them. Uh, I would just say are both they are still at the top after their three 0 win against East Fife. Um, do you want to mention anything about uh, our, our former favourite team on the podcast, Stenhouse Muir, losing two 0 to Forfa? Uh, what's, what's your take on Stenhouse Muir this season, Hamish? I saw them against Air United. They were absolutely hopeless. That was five 0 They lost that. It could have been ten 0 um, but that is a wee bit 
kind of hindsight now that was their United who are pretty much bodying everyone mm. in Scottish football at the sure. moment pretty much a premiership team at the moment yeah but it is this season it is seven defeats from nine for Steny two wins one was against Albion Rovers who everyone's beaten so it's uh, it's a wee bit disappointing that they're, they're out of the Challenge Cup they've lost their last three matches in the league uh, but I think anyone who thought it was going to be anything other than a bit of a relegation scrap for them this season would have been uh, would have been wrong so ugh, I don't really know what else to say I think as long as they can hopefully get a few wins and make Ockelview a bit of a fortress they can go up the league a wee bit um, what else have we got? We've got Brecon winning games of football. We should probably. I, I was going to say they came from two 0 down as well. Yeah, ninety third minute they scored the winner as well. Games of football against the Barton. I mean, this is this is what we love. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> what else have we got? We've got Stranraer beating Montrose two 0 Yeah, it's a bit of a meh, isn't it? Meh. Okay. Um, do you want to move on to do you want to move on to Scottish League Two? Uh, the game that didn't happen, the nine week drought at Elgin City. Sharp Kennedy. stones on the pitch. Yeah, sharp, sharp stones. <laughs> okay, right, uh, good, excellent. Um, <laughs> Not a good day for both teams to score coupons in League Two. That's what I would say. Mm, yeah, clampings handed out by one team to another. What was it? Annan three against Berwick. Edinburgh City 2 0 against Clyde. It's a good result. Queen's Park 2 0 against Albion Rovers. Peterhead 2 0 against Stolen Albion. Yeah. Um, Albion Rovers. The Clyde uh, one's the one that really. Just to, just to interrupt sorry. you, Gamba, I believe that is, let me just count this up 10, 15, 17 matches. Uh, the last matches for Albion Rovers. They've lost 16 of them. Uh, and they won the other one, so they are. Um, Who did they beat? Almost certainly, in my opinion, going to be playing in the Lowland League next year. I know there's a long way to go, hmm. um, but they are just absolutely hopeless. They've got they? <laughs> in the nicest possible I mean, way. They've got a, both teams. Not a very good manager, and uh, and they've got not very good players. And I could well see them in the Lowland League next year. Well, you're talking about both teams to score coupons. If you take both teams to score in a game involving Albion Rovers this season, you would have no money because they haven't scored in the league so yes it's not great <laughs> um, it's not great the one result that does really stand out there is Edinburgh City and Clyde to me at least Edinburgh City reaffirming their uh, belief that they can go up this season is um, in fact uh, a good one <laughs> no David Goodwillie though who uh, signed a was it couple year contract during the week Mid interest from some far better clubs. A good signing, in my opinion. Sorry, who's he signed for? Clyde. He's he signed new oh, contract, he? but he was very. Who was he at the weekend? No, I don't know where he was, but. Um, Not at Broadwood. No, no. Mm. Right, I think that's us wrapped everything up uh, with regards to the leagues. Do you want to go through uh, questions? Yes. yes, the fun and part. Then we'll, we'll, we'll. Mm. Um, Prov at Grumpy Prov is asking us: Will Stubbs do more damage to St Mirren than Tommy Craig, Ian Murray, and Alex Ray combined? <laughs> Question mark. Or am I panicking far too early? Mm. Probably not combined. No, but I genuinely believe that he will do damage to St Mirren, and that 
it's worrying because you can't exactly sack him, can you? He's not. It's not like he's it's his second season in the job and he's performing badly. He's been brought in at the start of the season. They're not going to get rid of him instantly. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I, I can't see him turning it around. I, I know that sounds ridiculous given the fact it's a he's only just gone in there. But I, I just can't see him having the ability to do that. So yes, be worried. Be worried is what is what we're saying. Um, it's like that episode of The Simpsons, isn't it? It's just like should people be running around screaming, crying for their lives? Yes, yes, they should. That's what happens when um, you turn up at the the aptly named stadium, whatever it was called. <laughs> Paisley Direct Stadium. Um, yes. Mm. Direct Panic Stadium. Yes. Right and. Uh, Lewis Kemp at Foxes and Boxes is asking us uh, who is the Scottish football version of the late great John McCain <laughs> I'll, I'll not answer this one and pass the buck to my fellow podcasters I must admit I've not thought of John McCain since when was he running against Obama 2008 or something I think it was 08 yeah. yeah. he's quite patriotic admittedly that's where my John McCain knowledge begins and ends yeah, I'm probably the same. Mm. I just remember that kind of weird, weird phase when he was going against Obama. Um, mm. I'm sure he had Sarah Palin to his left hand side as well, mm. and that was just a, a kind of weird phase in American politics. But this what isn't a politics show, is it? But I mean, it's obviously, obviously American politics. Yeah, wait, is, what did is, you know got got back to its senses <laughs> and it's fighting uh, proper now? So get the right man in charge. Did Kemp want I mean, a Scottish John football cuff one? Yeah, of John McCain. So, I mean, the mm. answer that we always go to is Jeffries, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, he's grey-haired as well, so... Grey-haired and old. So, yeah, mm. Jim Jeffries is John McCain, 2.0. OK, cool. And I think with that, we're done, lads. <laughs> no more questions? No more questions? No, that's it. Oh, no, actually, Lard O'Connor's got a few questions in early. No. How could you forget? Oh, How could I forget? Um. Quick question for Pod: Dundee sack Wee McCann and appoint Kenny Miller player manager. <laughs> Hell yes! Hell yes! Uh, oh dear, that would be peaceful. Oh, that's right. What? <laughs> what sack McCann? Right. So you think the first half of that's right? Neil, you wouldn't appoint Kenny Miller. Neil McCann. No, no, I don't. No, I don't think many. <laughs> Okay, and I think okay on that we're definitely done. <laughs> we finally got to Lord O'Connor's question. Right, lads, it's been a pleasure. Tom, hopefully we haven't sobered you up. No, no, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, Ryan, it's been a good laugh as always. Uh huh. My teetotal self enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> and Hamish, you're welcome back anytime. It's been a pleasure having you on, considering you've watched literally every football match under the sun. Yeah, I'm away to get my my first sleep since Friday night now. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and it's been a pleasure talking to you and hopefully we will speak to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>